Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season five, episode 21 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Promised Land. This is some shit. I mean, <laughs> it is. I will say, look, season five is bad. We can categorically say that. But this is a really fun, fast moving episode. A lot happens in this episode. It is scary. It feels high stakes for the first time in a long time. This is some shit. I literally cannot imagine watching this live, not knowing what happens. I would have been, I would have worn black to school the next day morning. Like I'm convinced that obviously it's all going to work out fine. And I have enough evidence to not feel too scared. And we'll get into that. And I'll get into that. But like, if I had been watching this, I would have been like, well, you know, no, he's, they're going to find a way to bring him back. But then I'd be like, well, Jenna died. Like, I would be back and forth all week. I'd be losing it. I wouldn't be able to focus in school. I'm still going to lose it a little bit in between this and the next episode, I fear. But I know he's going to be fine. Well, I mean, and we can talk about theories and whatever. But, you know, your understanding is that Paul Wesley's on the show. In theory, Stefan should be able to come back to life. However, we'll talk about that isn't necessarily the case. Anyway, we'll, t- we'll talk about possibilities, expectations, thoughts, mornings, eulogies, etc. But before we get into all of that, here's a quick ad. As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When Stefan and Elena escape from Mercos's control, only to find themselves stranded in a remote location, Stefan gets philosophical with Elena about her relationship with Damon. After their attempt to protect the doppelgangers goes badly, Liv and Luke come up with a dangerous new strategy. Damon recruits Matt and Jeremy to help him set a trap for Marcos, who turns out to have a devastating surprise of his own. Bonnie finally admits to Caroline that she's been keeping the truth about the other side from everyone. Finally, while Bonnie searches desperately for a way to stop Marcos, Caroline is witness to an unthinkable act of violence by one of the travelers. It is unthinkable. I know Michael Trevino was like, oh, hell yeah, I get to be... A big player here, baby. The way I gasped when I saw it, I said, no, put those veins back. Well, because I was like, oh, he ripped out his spleen or something. Because at first it looked like it went in the stomach. And then I was like, that looks like a heart. And I was, I saw the veins going. I was like, no, not him, not you. Truly unthinkable. We open the episode in the Salvatore house. Damon has a plant mister. He's spraying a guy in the face with it, making real good use of his time. Yeah, so on day four, he's really perfected this. Yeah, he introduces him as Mr. Sykes, head of corporate accounts. Obviously, there's a it's a passenger. You know, Mr. Sykes is like grunting, but his mouth is covered, so he can't say any of his little spells. Damon says, sorry about like the mouth thing. I can't have you mumbling any of those annoying traveler ditties. It's a sure migraine. So here's the deal. My brother and my girl have been kidnapped by travelers, and I can't seem to find them anywhere. I mean, like they are like, poof, gone. So, besides a completely clueless hybrid in my basement and a cave full of sleeping travelers, I've got nothing to go on except you. So I'm going to need you to tell me where I can find your leader, Marcos. Caroline enters, and Damon says, oh, what's up, Blondie? And she says, Liv and Luke aren't answering any of my texts. And then she's like, oh, Mr. Sykes? Because of course she knows everyone. She's the queen of this town. She is Miss Mystic Falls, after all. Yeah, you don't get to be Miss Mystic Falls by not remembering someone's name. Exactly. 
Damon says, you know this guy? And Caroline says, yeah, he helped me open my first savings account. He gave me a lollipop. <laughs> uh, Damon says, well, unfortunately, Mr. Sykes is occupied by some low-life traveler. I saw him and his buddies chanting in the town square last week. And then he turns to Mr. Sykes. I know that Mercos and your passenger comrades are planning some big flashy spell to undo some super boring ancient witch curse. And where that sucks for us is it just so happens to undo all witch magic, i.e. kill me and my sexy blonde frenemy here. Caroline says, that's me. <laughs> Caroline says, if you know where Marcos took Stefan and Elena, you need to tell us. Damon takes a knife out. The traveler says nothing until eventually Damon stabs him in the leg. Yeah. And then he screams and then he's immediately ready to talk because one thing these travelers cannot do is stand up to torture. Yeah. They will sing like canaries after one stab. Yeah. And I get that they don't heal, but like you guys really have no backbone. Yeah. I'm starting to think none of you have settled in a home because you're too scared to meet with the leasing agent <laughs> and it's one thing for julian who and we can talk about julian's own stuff later but like julian kind of has to turn against the travelers because of the spell he's gonna die yeah but mr sykes why are you turning on them right now yeah so damon takes the cloth off his mouth and mr sykes says it doesn't matter where Marco says nothing you do can stop him now and i was like well i highly doubt that although hmm. he was kind of right yeah, uh, there was something they could do to stop him, but they weren't going to kill Stefan or Elena. Yeah, that was a hard pass for them. Yeah, that was an absolute no. It was non-negotiable. Then we go over to some creepy dungeons. It's unclear where they are. Probably somewhere abandoned. Yeah, <laughs> Elena and Stefan both wake up. They are in separate rooms. She's like chained to pipes in a boiler room. He's like chained to a table in some other room. Their blood is dripping into those same damn buckets that they used for the first round of Doppelganger blood. Would it kill them to get, like, something with a cap on it for easier transportation? And I know they didn't wash these buckets. I know. It's, it's just more blood going in there. Why do we have to wash it? <laughs> it's the same blood, too. And it's like there are flies all over that caked-on old blood. Just disgusting. And they really should cap it, because if I was one of these people, I'd kick that bucket over so fast. I know. If I was Elena, every time... I wake up, I'm kicking the bucket over. Granted, I know that'll keep me kidnapped longer, but I'm not going to die from loss of blood. And if they stake me, whatever, I'll go to the other side where it is my understanding that my friend has a way to get me back. That my dear, dear friend will just bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> Elena spots a guy coming into her little cell. It's Marcos. He has a little like jar of blood. He holds it to her nose so she can smell. And then he lets her drink it. And she coughs it in his face. So she kind of got him there. And she says, you have enough. Let me go. One move that is always just deeply dehumanizing, damning, is spitting in someone's face. That'll get him every time. Because there's no comeback for it. No matter what you do, you have spit on your face. If you wipe it off, you're affected. If you don't wipe it off, you still have spit on your face. And this is like bloody spit. So it's like you just have to stand there and wipe your face off. And then this person just spit on you. And it's unclear, I mean, not to get into whatever. What kind of blood is this? Where's he getting this blood to give her? Probably traveler blood. Probably dirty. Yeah. Probably <laughs> stinky, stinky blood. Probably tasted bad. Probably in another in another loose bucket somewhere. Probably tasted like patchouli. Yeah. <laughs> Marcos cuts her wrist again uh, as a show of dominance and says, I'll have enough when you can no longer speak. She doesn't say another word, being like, okay, now you have enough. <laughs> <laughs> point at the bucket <laughs> yeah. he leaves in the room where Stefan is a door opens someone unchains him we later find out it's Maria 
At this point, who did you think it was? I thought it was Sheila. I'll be completely and totally honest. I thought it was someone from the other side. I could tell because of something I'm about to make you bring up on mic in a second. Yeah. <laughs> I want everyone to laugh. <laughs> so Maria lets him out. He says, who's there? She says, get out of here, go. She runs off. Stefan groans, but he gets up and moves. Granted, what he should do is take this bucket with him or at the very least kick it over, but no. Then Elena sees someone at the door, and at first it's just a shadow of a man. And Stephanie, I want you to tell everyone who you thought it was. I, I thought it was going to be a lure. I thought, I thought people from the other side were coming in to free them because we know they have a physical foothold. And I was like, well, Sheila just freed Stefan. Now a going to free Elena. Easy. Because as you know, I'm just sitting here waiting for a to come back. Yeah. But no, it's Stefan. <laughs> Not alert. <laughs> Ooh, just kidding. They say, hey, she passes out. He gets her out of there. Mm-hmm. At the Salvatore house, Damon is on the phone because Stefan has found a payphone. And Damon says, seriously, collect calls are still a thing? Stefan says, well, you know what could have saved you the cost of this phone call? You finding us, which is a fair point. <laughs> but it would have cost me way more in gas. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan says, how long have we been gone? And Damon says, four days. And Stefan says, four days? You couldn't track us down? What, do you think we were having a nice spa getaway? Now, Stefan, I understand the point, but you know you were being, like, cloaked by travelers, right? And you don't have a witch ally at this point. And, like, of course he knew where you were, but you're the one who went off alone into the woods when you were at a cabin. Yeah, he knew you got kidnapped by travelers. Like, where do you expect him to find any more information than that? Yeah. Damon says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I have been searching 24-7. Maybe if you had been a little more perceptive, you wouldn't have gotten yourself doppelnapped. I have to agree with Damon here. That, I think, is the winning point here. Yeah, because you were the one standing on the edge of the forest at night, knowing damn well people wanted to kidnap you. I mean... Yeah, knowing damn well you were not cloaked. Next to Stefan, a window breaks. It's Elena with a slingshot. Damon says, what was that? Stefan says, well, the travelers drained us of our blood, so we have had to do a little bit of hunting. Of course, he's referring to hunting and killing squirrels. And what was Elena aiming at? I mean, maybe a squirrel on the roof, but she wasn't doing great. Exactly. Damon says you have Elena participating in squirrel slaughter, and Seven says, believe me, she's no happier about it than I am. Damon says, haha, she'll shoot your eye out. He's trying to be jokey-jokey, but Stefan's had enough, okay? Stefan says, do you want to talk to her, or are you still pretending you don't want to hear the sound of her voice? And Damon said, okay, ouch. Damon said, okay, so this conversation took a turn. So you, you're over it. We're not being silly goofy anymore. Damon says, don't psychoanalyze me, Stefan. First of all, it's not even, I don't think you can even call it psychoanalyzing. There was not a lick of analyzing in that. That was all pure surface. That was just comprehension. Yeah. (laughs) Elena continues to struggle with the slingshot. And Damon says, look, I'll come get you. Where are you? And Stefan says, I don't know. We're in the middle of nowhere. And so Stefan says, listen, we'll make our way back. But Marco strained most of our blood. And considering the kinds of spells he was able to do with just a little bit of it, The spell he's referring to, of course, is him coming back to life, which is a big spell. Whatever. Again, should have taken the buckets. Yeah, take one of the buckets. You don't even need both. I get you guys are weak. Go halvesies on a bucket. Yeah. Damon says, I know, I know. I'll find Marcos, kill Marcos, save Mystic Falls from becoming Traveler Home. Going to be a busy day for me, Stefan. Time to strap on the hero hair. We're back to hero hair. What hair needs to be strapped on? Let's go there, too. I I think the joke is that... Stefan's hair is so perfectly quaffed, it's like a helmet. Sure. I think that's the joke we're supposed to get. Again, I've said it before. I don't get the hero hair thing. I'm going to say it every time he says it, which will be many more times. 
it feels like we're getting that or that we're getting epic. Yeah, I know. That's what's weird about it. It Like, epic makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, if someone who watched the show while it was airing can explain to me something about hero hair that I'm not getting, please do. Please message us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. If there is, like, something that I'm truly not comprehending, but I don't think I am. I don't think it means anything more than it says, which is not saying much because... I mean, I'm dumbfounded by it. I am every time. It has never once not felt clunky. Yes, it's never felt like something anyone would ever say. Yeah. Like, epic, at least people say that. And, you know, I get the, like, if they said, oh, we have to do all this today, we have to defeat this evil spell, going to be an epic day. Sure. Yeah. Sounds like it. What does your hair mean? Oh, even if he says, good thing I'm feeling epic this morning. Good thing I have my coffee with epic this morning. Don't talk to me till I've had my epic. Literally. <laughs> but even those, like, those are clunky and they're bad examples. But even those, I would prefer to time to strap on the hero hair. Because I think there are clunky ways you can say epic and there are non-clunky ways you can say epic. There is no non-clunky way to say hero hair. Even the two words together are clunky. Like, there's just... No way to say that without it without it taking you out of it and being like, what the fuck was that? It just completely boggles the mind that they yeah. put these two words together and continue to do so. It's beyond me. Anyway, Stefan says, I'll get her home safely. He doesn't comment on the hero here. Damon says, get both of you guys home safely, okay? I'd hate to have to kick her ass for losing you. He's trying to lighten up. So Stefan hangs up on him, doesn't even say goodbye, doesn't even say I love you. Gonna regret that later today, buddy. <laughs> Now that the phone call is over, Damon looks up to continue about his day. And next thing you know, there's a knife in his chest. And he says, ow. Um, it's Enzo who threw the knife at him. I, or maybe it's a letter opener. Who cares? Same difference. Yeah. Enzo says, forgetting someone. Damon, of course, can't hear him. But Damon assumes it's Enzo. Damon says, I wish I could, buddy. I wish I could. Damon calls out to Bonnie to translate. Bonnie says, okay, so he says that you promised to bring him back. And Enzo says, you're paraphrasing. He said, quote, I will find a way. And Bonnie says, like, whatever, because the paraphrase was more efficient. Bonnie says, yeah, I found a better way to say it than you said it. Damon says, hello, still here. I know what I said. And Enzo says, remind him he doesn't have a very good track record for keeping promises. And Bonnie says, I'm not getting in the middle of this, like, little fight you got on. She says, like, please stop talking. Bonnie says, I understand that I'm the only one that can see you, but like, I'm not going to fucking translate between the other side and the real world, especially when the other side is about to collapse and I'm going to die. Like, I just, I don't have the energy for this today. (laughs) Enzo says, the other side is on the brink of collapse. I plan on pestering all of you until I'm safely returned to the land of the living. Bonnie turns to Damon and she says, you need to fix this before I lose my mind. Damon says, okay, hey, sorry. I've got two missing doppelgangers, I've got a traveler that wants to rid our town of magic, and I've got the friendly banker Mr. Sykes in the coat closet. So escape from the netherworld is going to have to wait until tomorrow. Enzo grabs a crystal bottle of bourbon and throws it in the fire to flare up. Once again, I mean, the cut crystal just comes to this house to die. (laughs) This this house cannot keep a hand on the crystal collection, I tell you. It is insane how much crystal they have destroyed this season alone. This season, it's been more than it usually is. Yeah. It's just like every episode is like, oh my God, another glass? It's like at a certain point, I think you guys need to use cheaper glasses. You guys need to go to Walmart and get some of the like, plastic summer cups. I'm being serious. I'm sorry. Like, I think Damon's cut crystal privileges should be revoked. <laughs> at this point. 
Bonnie says, okay, so I think he wants to be penciled in for today. And Damon's like, I saw the fire, thanks. Damon says, okay, then you bring him back. And Bonnie says, what? And Damon says, I've got a brilliant idea, okay? Liv is cooking up a spell to pull you back from the other side before it goes kaboom. So whatever you're doing, just include Enzo in it. And, you know, that would be a super good idea if there were indeed a spell that was being cooked up. (laughs) And Damon says, you hear me, Enzo? Just hit your eye with her, okay? See? Delegating. I feel better. And Bonnie is, to her credit, about to tell Damon this won't work. Because she says, that's not a great idea. But then Jeremy enters. And she says, well, I don't want to tell him that yet. Yeah, she's like, hey, Jeremy, can you go outside while we have a good discussion? (laughs) Jeremy says, you called. And Damon is done with the Enzo conversation because he's got other things to do. Yeah, he's like, great, I just delegated this. That's off my plate. Mm -hmm. So Damon says, Jeremy, I need you and your Xbox buddy to run an errand for me. Come on, let's go. And they go. Jeremy says, sure. Why not? After Damon and Jeremy are gone, Enzo says to Bonnie, what are you waiting for? Bring up your little witchy friend and get her over here. And Bonnie's like, Ugh, another person I have to do this with. <laughs> Let me go over to the side of the road somewhere. Steph and Elena are hitchhiking. A truck drives by but does not pick them up. Elena says, God, I feel like an idiot. Stefan says, ditto. I mean, you guys were kind of giving idiot. You got kidnapped. You got kidnapped pretty easily. I mean, you only stayed protected for like half a day. Explain that to me, but okay. (laughs) Elena says, do that thing again, the vamp thing. And Stefan says, no, I don't want to do that. You know, it's embarrassing. And she says, it's the only thing that's giving me sane right now. He says, sure. And the thing that they're referring to is he vampire runs like 10 feet and then runs out of breath. That's what's making you feel better? You're in the woods. At least go enjoy some nature. Yeah. Elena says, that was funnier the first time. (laughs) I bet, because it wasn't funny this time. (laughs) I sure hope it was funnier the first time. Stefan says, well, you were delirious the first time. That explains that. Yeah. Elena says, how many, you know, are we supposed to have before we get our strength back? Just say squirrel. You have no problem saying human, even though you've killed a human. Yeah. Stefan says, more than we've had. That's for sure. Let me know if you see a buffalo. I think you'll see it first. Also, you know, I get, look for a bigger mammal. Say deer. There's not a buffalo here. I do also think their idea, I mean... I do and don't get this, is that they're kind of too weak to, like, chase down animals. Like, I think they would have to rely on hunting skills to catch a deer. Yeah. Which I don't think either of them possess. When they're also in the actual woods where, like, squirrels will avoid you a little more. Yeah. Like, in cities, they are used to humans because humans are all around, so you could grab one pretty easily. Elena says, this is depressing. <laughs> yeah. And Stefan says, more depressing than walking for miles and not knowing where the hell you're going. And she says, probably not more depressing than that. See, if if I were Stefan, I'd say more depressing than being stuck in a safe for three months while your friends don't look for you. Remember that? And then if I were Elena, I'd say more depressing than you being possessed by your evil doppelganger and no one notices for three weeks. Yeah. I'd just start a fight. Yeah. Because I'd be hungry. I'd be hungry. I'm hangry. I'd be in a mood. (laughs) So Stefan says, Damon is in full hero mode today. And Elena says, I'm sure he was thrilled about that. And Stefan says, I don't know. He had the whole savior of the universe voice going on. And Elena says, I like that voice. Girl, shut up. Girl, that's your ex-boyfriend. Show some respect. Yeah. Elena says, you know, maybe this whole thing is a sign. And Stefan says, of what? She's always looking for a sign where there isn't one. Like, oh, maybe whatever drama is a sign that we're not watching Jeremy enough. I'm sure that's not it. (laughs) 
the only sign here is that there is great value in the buddy system and you all should utilize it more. That's the sign. That's the entire lesson. And the other sign is, like, don't give your blood to people, I guess. I mean, this really has nothing to do with Damon on the whole. I hate to say it. Yeah. But she says, my blood can literally destroy him. If that's not a sign when a toxic relationship, there's so much to unpack about this comment. Number one, your blood is not destroying him. Your combined blood is destroying witch magic, which just so happens to have an effect on him, but also affects you. It has nothing to do with your relationship at all. It's much bigger than that. Yeah, it's a toxic relationship with yourself then too. If you're looking for signs that you and Damon are in a toxic relationship, you don't need to go through all these somersaults. (laughs) Yeah. And and don't get me wrong, I'm shipping. But let's all be realistic. I mean, and this is true of any teen drama. A non-toxic relationship is not good TV. It's boring. See, a non-toxic relationship works in a rom-com when it's two hours. If you have to fill, at this point, five seasons, I mean, you got to put some toxicity in there. And to be honest, and maybe this is a hot take, but I don't think it is. I think this is a fair take. I think Delena is much less toxic than like Chuck and Blair or Ryan and Marissa from the OC. Especially when you consider like you do have to give a little bit of leeway for killing people because, you know, they are vampires. It kind of comes with the territory. Yeah. Delena till I die. I'm shipping regardless. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I ship Ezria. I can handle quite a bit of toxicity before it kicks me out. Yeah. I have a high bar. Stefan says, first of all, okay, our blood. Don't hog the blame. And look, we're vampires. We're a toxic species. So whether you want to blame it on magic or biology, it's just who we are. When a human gets ravenously hungry, they eat a double cheeseburger. That's me. I can and I have. (laughs) And I will again. (laughs) Uh, Stefan says, we kill people. Some of us are more extreme than others, but that's just who we are. And then Elena says, well, how come you're so much better at controlling it? And it's like, who the fuck is she talking to? What kind of dumbass question is that? <laughs> Did you just not listen to a thing he ever said while you were dating? Truly. Have you never met Stefan? He's famously awful at controlling it. You've seen it firsthand multiple times. And Stefan says, well, because I'm so much worse when I don't. Yeah, he's like, I don't have an option is the thing. It's like, I physically have to control it and not drink as much human blood because i don't know if you remember i will rip people's heads off with very little encouragement yeah i was doing that as a bit <laughs> like that's not good <laughs> stefan says okay i'm only gonna say this once you two are miserable without each other so if you want to be with him just be with him someone has to say this that's the thesis everyone's like i don't give a shit what you guys are going through either be together or don't but you don't have to include all of us in it Yeah, that's the thing is, like, they might be bad for each other when they're together, but when they're broken up, they're bad for everyone's well-being. Because now it's my problem. Yeah, now I have to talk to you about this. Now it's my concern that Damon killed Aaron Whitmore. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't like Aaron Whitmore. Stefan says, look, when humans want to break free from complicated relationships, they go to therapy. Vampires get a pass, okay? Pretty sure therapy could be useful to all of you. I think all this time, Stefan has literally thought he's not allowed to go to therapy. Like, I think he was like, oh, I won't be invited in. He said, oh, well, one more thing to miss. I don't have insurance. I could compel it, but. Stefan, I beg you to try it out. They continue walking. 
I will say this whole monologue from Stefan, it just proves how much both Stefan and Damon took Catherine's death and grew from it and learned the right lessons. And Elena just took nothing from it whatsoever. Yeah. Like Elena, I mean, granted, you know, she wasn't really there when it was happening. And granted, there's only so much she could have taken from it because she immediately was taken over by Catherine. But like Stefan and Damon really got some growth in and she said, mm, I'm good. I think I'll blame Catherine for a, a few more things. She said, no, but it was Catherine's fault is the thing. So. Like it's even easier to blame Catherine now because she can't say shit to me. <laughs> then we go over to a diner somewhere. Liv is sitting at a booth and Luke joins her. Liv says, I ordered us waffles. I figured our last meal wouldn't be complete until we poured liquid sugar all over it. And Luke says, ah, my ray of sunshine sister. And Liv says, you know, there's nothing to be fucking positive about, bitch. The coven is pissed. You were supposed to hide Stefan and Elena from the travelers and you practically delivered them on a silver platter. I don't know that he delivered them. Wasn't really up to him. Yeah, also he got kind of knocked the fuck out. Like, it's not like he did a bad spell. Like he just got attacked. By a ghost. Not saying anything anyone could have predicted. He couldn't have even heard the attacker coming. He was set up for a failure. He says, okay, how was I supposed to know that Casper the English ghost would be a complication? He said, I remember he's British. (laughs) Yeah, he said, I know it's the British guy. (laughs) I felt his arms. Yeah, he was like, how was I supposed to know for the first time ever a ghost could have a physical foothold and knock me out? No one wanted to tell me that. How was I supposed to just figure that one out on my own? Liv says, that's not the point. She says, we were never supposed to let things get this far. Well, you didn't kill Elena when you had a chance, so I don't know what else to tell you, Liv. It's not like Luke did this all on his own. Yeah. You guys missed your shot to kill her. Should have moved faster. Liv says to Luke, you got sucked into some stupid let's be friends trap. And Luke says, these people are nice, okay? More than I can say for our screwed up family. Again, they're talking about this family. Their family must be fucked up because these people are not nice to you guys. (laughs) Is this nice? Like, oh, damn, guys. (laughs) I don't think you do because we don't have any other information. Do you have any other guesses about their family yet? I mean, my, uh, my guess that I'll bring up now is that we'll meet them next episode in the finale. Oh, interesting. Family slash coven. Sure. Do you think the family is the same as the coven? Yes. Or the family is within the coven. Sure. The table starts shaking. Luke groans and grabs his head like he's getting an aneurysm spell that we've only seen witches give to vampires before. Luke says, what are you doing? And Liv says, it's not me. Like, like I said, the coven is pissed. So here's another question about the coven. Where is this coven and why are these two the only ones we've met from it? Why'd they send these two who then went on to fail? I was going to say they're kind of low on the totem pole. It's just, well, okay, but I had this thought when Elijah came that I was like, this is the, the foot soldier. Whereas like the other people are higher up and Elijah ended up being higher up. But, you know, I, I envision this coven being a little bit like a cult, a little bit like the mob, kind of a combo of those. Okay. Where do you think they're headquartered? Where do you think they come from? If anywhere specific? I think it will be somewhere specific. And I think wherever it is, is where we'll head next episode. Okay. I'm guessing somewhere on the East Coast. Okay. I'm going to say something bold. And I, I was going to make this guess at one point because I thought Tyler was going to bite Caroline or Julian, Tyler, whatever. Yeah. Maybe they're in New Orleans. Worth a guess. We know this is a big witch they're doing something. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of them are interacting with the originals. Because the originals would be concerned about this spell as well. They would. Because it goes beyond Mystic Falls. Not like anyone was going to call Klaus. 
Can you imagine you're in your spinoff and all of a sudden you die? Everybody dies. I would be so mad if I was Klaus. Like after all I fucking did for you people. Klaus goes to the other side and he runs into Stefan and Stefan's like, oh my God. Oh, did no one tell you? I would be pissed as Klaus outrunning things for years and years and you just fucking drop dead. Yeah, I'm convinced they're going to New Orleans next episode. All right, well, we'll see. Luke says, fine, I'm listening. The shaking stops. Liv says, we were supposed to keep the doppelgangers from falling into Marcos's hands. We failed. We can't let them succeed at taking away our magic. There's only one move left. We have to kill Stefan and Elena. And Luke says, yeah. I mean, should have done it a while ago, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Then we go to some house in Mystic Falls. Um, it's Mrs. Douglas's house. Mrs. Douglas, I didn't remember this, Stephanie did, was famously the guidance counselor at Mystic Falls High School who blamed Damon and Elena for Jeremy cheating on, what, two tests? Yeah. So we don't love her. She's not our best. She answers the door. And I mean, I should say, she is the body, but she's uh, taken over by a traveler. She answers the door and there's like a UPS guy there. Mm-hmm. And he's also a traveler. <laughs> and <laughs> she says, good morning, Sam. And he says, Mrs. Douglas, special delivery. And he gives her a vial of blood, presumably doppelganger blood. Mm-hmm. She takes it and puts it in her pocket. And she goes back into the house. And Mr. Douglas, her husband, appears and says, oh, did the mailman not deliver anything? And Mrs. Douglas says, no, he's just picking up. Like, I'm going to be late for school. I've got a million college essays to grade. Mr. Douglas has clearly been, you know, through something. He says, what's going on, Pam? Something's wrong. You're different lately. Yeah, because he's like, our marriage is going through it lately. This opens a can of worms that... I know this is like, again, I know this is a small thing we don't need to get into, but we know that the travelers have studied the people in this town. Yeah. We know that they know who the big players are. So we have to assume that they know who some of the townspeople are and that they picked them for specific reasons. Like, for example, they probably picked the UPS guy so they could easily have him deliver all the blood. Yeah. But how in the world did they pick a house and just put one passenger in there? Shouldn't they... Put two passengers. I mean, maybe they want to take over as many houses as possible. But why risk exposing it to anyone in this town? Because you know that some people in this town know about magic people. I know maybe you don't assume everyone does. But why would you not, like, in each house, give each person a passenger so that you don't have to deal with something like this? And also because we know, you know, that this passenger is Carl. Why'd Carl pick her? Well, and that opens... Another question, like, how did they choose who gets what body? Was there, like, a match system? Because Carl goes on to say this body wasn't his first choice. So do you, like, give your top five townspeople and they just, like, sort you? Or do you just go in a mob to each house and whichever person opens the door, it's like, sorry, Carl, you were next in line. Go on in. It Like, is there a system? Is it, like, sororities? Is it, like... <laughs> Ma- like matching with residencies when you're a doctor yeah and it's like well my first choice is the sheriff obviously everybody wants the sheriff <laughs> but i'll also take like the bartender at the grill this scene i i mean i know we're supposed to see this to see like that the passengers have taken over but this scene like presents more questions than it answers and also it's just curl being fucking unnecessary all you have to do like is say i don't have time for this right now i have to go to school as i said i have a million college essays to review yeah i have been weird and i really don't want to talk about it right before i go to work bye or just say yeah i'm cheating on you bye anyway 
Instead, Carl, you know, Carl's got time today. Yeah. Carl says, you know what? You're really starting to piss me the fuck off. You keep trying to kiss me. I'm not gay, dude. <laughs> he says, I mean, Mrs. Douglas slash Carl says, I think what's wrong is it's taken so long for you to notice your wife's been colonized by a total stranger. This husband is like, what the fuck does that mean? Because he's like, that doesn't sound like anything. Well, it almost sounds like Carl's like defensive of Mrs. Douglas. Like you don't appreciate her. How yeah. would her husband have come to this conclusion? He doesn't know what passengers are. He doesn't know what passengers are. And you're pretending to be her. And he trusts his wife. Excuse him. And he did notice something was off because he's asking you what the fuck is off. And so this is so ridiculous. And he says like, uh, you think I'm joking? Well, the thing is, I'm serious. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what you just said. Like, I don't know what that meant at all. But I would like to discuss this. Mrs. Douglas says, slash Carl says, so am I. My name's Carl. I'm a traveler living in your wife's body while my real body is asleep in a cave under the town. Can you imagine you're just, you're sitting at home. You've gone through a rough couple weeks of your marriage and you're like, you know what? I need to bring this up. Like, I really don't want to get us moving towards divorce. Like, just want to check in how she's doing. And then someone is like, I'm actually this person and there's my, and my body's under the town. It's like, what it's like i thought it was gonna be like oh work is stressful or like i've been cheating on you like it's something quantifiable (laughs) and mr douglas says what are you talking about perfectly (laughs) fair response to this yeah and carl says this body isn't my first choice but i needed to borrow something that's expendable first of all my wife's beautiful and second of all what do you mean expendable (laughs) yeah first of all this is the best body i've ever seen he loves his wife um so mr douglas assuming that there's something like body dysmorphia based because he's again grounded in reality or like some hallucination happening like like oh is there like some personality disorder that's kicking in suddenly yes so he says pam you need help because he loves her yeah because he loves her and he's like what the fuck are you saying and how does carl respond carl could you know say i don't want to talk about this i'm leaving no what carl does instead is he stabs him in the neck with scissors Like, why did you even bother telling him about passengers? Like, because you just have to cover it up to kill him anyway. You didn't need to kill this dude. That's not really a traveler thing. Like, seems like you just kind of want to be a killer. Yeah, Carl's got something else going on. And then Carl says, this marriage was a disaster anyway. No hard feelings. And then leaves. Carl, you've been, quote unquote, married for what, two weeks? And also, Carl, he can't hear you. You killed him. (laughs) This whole scene is like, what? Again, I think it's just supposed to prove like they're evil. The travelers are evil. They'll kill people. It's like, I know the travelers are the villains. I'm still not that scared of them. I think they want the stakes to raise by upping the body count, but they don't want to kill important people. But that's not even true this episode because- Because they kill Stefan. So if you were willing to kill Stefan, like Mr. Douglas could have been fine. Why not at this point have Mrs. Douglas kill someone like, say, Jeremy, if we're just sending whoever to the other side these days? Yeah, since everyone's just popping back afterward. Well, we don't know that they're popping back. I mean, sure. <laughs> sure, we don't know that. <laughs> we go back over to the side of the road. Elena and Stefan are walking. Actually, they're kind of walking down the side of the road at this point. It doesn't matter. Elena says, I think I just hallucinated a unicorn. Okay. Okay. Should we throw a party? <laughs> Stefan says, oh, maybe Caroline's nearby. Because she's... So special to him, she's a unicorn. That's how I'm reading it. That's how I read it as well. (laughs) Elena says, if Caroline was here, we'd have a fully catered buffet on the side of the road and a rainbow. 
and I still wouldn't fucking thank her because I'm a fucking bitch. Yeah, she says it kind of jokey, but also a little bit condescending. It's like, and would you not want a rainbow? And then Stefan says two rainbows. Because you know what? She would bring one rainbow for each of you. Yeah, because she's considerate. She's a good friend. Because she's thoughtful. She thinks about people other than herself. Elena says, that's funny. You know, when we were younger, I couldn't decide what was more annoying. Her control freakiness or her delusional positivity. What? I couldn't decide what was more annoying. Her being a happy person or her being on top of her shit. Her planning all events for us or her being fun bitch i mean <laughs> elena was sipping her haterade this morning i don't know what is going on when the chips are down for elena oh she will talk shit on caroline so fast elena says but you know what right now honestly there isn't a single person i wish was here more wow don't be too nice to caroline yeah because she's a delight <laughs> there are a few people i'd rather hang out with besides caroline yeah and then stefan only latches onto one part of that that disaster of a comment and he says her control freakiness never really bugged me. Number one, her, Sterline, need me a man like that. <laughs> Number two, yeah, I bet <laughs> you could use that. Yeah, that's something you distinctly lack. <laughs> Elena says, yeah, well, you didn't have to build a Barbie castle with her in second grade. Girl, well, Elena, let me ask you a question. What were you fucking up while you were b- building the Barbie castle? And be honest. What did you do? Number one, again, why are you being such a hater? Number two, Girl, if you do not wing woman, you don't want to date this man. Yeah. Hook up him and Caroline. She's clearly not even picking up on the vibe that Stefan is kind of looking wistfully thinking about Caroline. She's ignoring that big time. She's just like, no, it's about me somehow still. She's like, it's so funny how he's still in love with me. She's like, oh, it's funny that he brings up Caroline so we can like laugh about her. No, he just wants to talk about Caroline because he's in love. Yeah. Stefan says, that's true. I didn't have to build a Barbie castle with her in the second grade. He says, but I do know this. If Caroline Forbes was here right now, we would both be laughing. With her, Elena. With her, not (laughs) at her. Sterline, Elena says, we're so pathetic. Stefan says, speak for yourself. (laughs) Uh, She says, you know what? Let's put on our best Caroline Forbes hats, shall we? Okay. And that means I'm going to be positive. Yeah, I'm going to suck it up and stop complaining. Sounds like a good thing. She says, all right, universe, enough screwing around. We're ready for the good stuff. Theme dance, block party, maybe. And then Stefan looks past Elena and says, oh, you got to be kidding me. And there is a car approaching. Positivity works. Mm -hmm. Stefan holds out his thumb to hitchhike. And Elena says, no, no, wait. She turns away. She pulls her shirt down and flips her hair to look more sexy. And she holds her thumb out. And she knows she's eating. And she is. She's got her hip pop. She's ready. Now, this is what they should have been doing. They would have gotten picked up earlier if... Stefan just stayed right behind the edge of the forest and Elena stood in hitchhike. And as soon as the car comes up, Stefan comes out. And if Elena took that damn cardigan off. There are plenty of times for a cardigan. Hitchhiking is not one of them. Yeah. Honestly, throw it on the side of the road. You'll get another cardigan. Yeah. The car does stop. So Elena says, see, and they approach and Elena sees a woman who she does not know. So she's like, oh, not what I was expecting. She said, okay, so I won't flirt then. Yeah. Girl, have you never heard of lesbians? Yeah. Test it out. Don't be homophobic, Elena. Flirt. Stefan says, all right, let's cut to the chase. And he tries to compel her. He says, you're giving us a ride. And Maria says, you're trying to compel me? Who do you think freed you last night? Get in. They're coming for you. And Stefan is like, I don't know who freed me. I was in a daze because I got drained of blood. And I also don't know who you are. Yeah. I don't think either of them have met Maria yet. Yeah, because why would they have? We go over to the Salvatore house. A vase breaks because Matt and Jeremy are carrying in the travelers. And so they knock some stuff over. 
maybe Damon could have helped them, but who am I? Well, this is their job. He gave them a job today. <laughs> Damon says, great, I'm going to add Carrie to the list of things you can't do well. <laughs> Which is kind of the one thing Jeremy can do. Yeah. And then Damon says, but that's okay. You can pay me back with your salary from the grill if you want to work a couple thousand years. Ha ha ha. And then Matt says, hey, why don't you do us all a favor and start dating Elena again? He got him there. <laughs> when Matt kings, he kings, I tell you. And he's giggling when he's saying this. He's like, he's on his high horse, baby. He knows he's giggling. Damon says, just put her on the pool table. The woman they're carrying. Caroline comes in and she says, what the hell is going on? Who are all these people? And Damon says, they are traveler husks. They've passengered themselves into the beautiful citizens of Mystic Falls, like your buddy, Mr. Sykes. And then he turns to Jeremy and Matt and says, you two make yourselves useful. Patrol the town. Call me if you see anything weirder than usual. They don't call anyone when the spell starts, so they don't see that. Well, they didn't see it. Yeah. They said, well, what's usual? Yeah. I mean, people have been chanting for a while here, so this is kind of normal. <laughs> Let's not bother Damon with this. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline says, what are you planning on doing with all of them? And Damon says, well, Marcos put them in a cave, and so I am hoping he wants them back. And Caroline says, so you really think like drawing Marcos to your house is the best idea? Which is a fair point. Damon says, it's the only idea, unless your body-snatched ex-boyfriend in the basement can help us. And Caroline says, Julian is not Tyler, therefore he has no reason to help us. So until I figure out a way to get Tyler back, he's just extra baggage. Now, I don't know what she thinks she's going to come across in that, that search. Damon says, hey, there's no shame in giving up. I mean, aren't we all a little sick of Tyler? Someone had to say it. Yeah, I mean, we've been anti-Tyler on this podcast for a while, but I but I do love him. I don't want him to die. Yeah, I again, I've come back around on him now that Forward is done. Yes. But also right now, if that's not Tyler, that's Julian. Yeah. And I don't really care for Julian. Karen says, you know what? Your whole I'm too cool to care thing is really starting to get old. And don't think for one second that I believe your mood has nothing to do with Elena. As always, Damon's like, can you guys stop bringing up Elena and being able to read me so well? It's not fair. He's like, is this what having friends is? Because I don't love it. He's like, I never get a moment's peace. Damon says, spare me the unsolicited relationship advice. She didn't even give you any advice. She was just commenting. Caroline says, fine. Just keep your torture happy hands off Tyler until I figure something out. I don't abandon the people I care about. And she leaves. Knowing that she got him. Mic drop. We go over to Maria's car. Maria says, well, it was too risky for me to haul you guys out myself. So I had to circle back. And Stefan says, won't they kill you for helping us out? And she says, yes. Which is why we need to make sure they don't get to me before I get to my husband. I assume you know where he is. Now, Maria, why didn't you pick up the buckets? You have no excuse. Mm -hmm. For at least taking one of the buckets. Yeah, taking one and kicking the other one over. Elena says, well, seeing as how your husband is permanently passengered into one of our best friends. Yeah, we know where he is. And then she says, also, this isn't really a three-person kind of truck, is it? It's like, Elena, you just got rescued from the middle of nowhere. You're going to complain about the truck you're in? Yeah. And so Maria says, you can always sit in your boyfriend's lap. And they're both like, oh, we're not together. <laughs> I think the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> yeah. And Maria says, noted. Sorry, I assumed. I thought the doppelgangers were like faded soulmates or something. So even the travelers don't know the doppelganger lore? What's the point of it being this confusing? So is this prophecy true or is it not? I know. Stefan says, yeah, something like that. Because he's done talking about this prophecy. Yeah. That doesn't exist. Yeah, he's like, look, I don't give a shit about it anymore. Elena says, so you want your husband back. That I get. But didn't he run for Mercos too? Like, doesn't that make you both dead? But also, like, Julian didn't run for Mercos. Tyler did. And then he got kidnapped. 
Yeah, that's not really Julian's fault. So I think Julian might be able to talk his way out of this. But unfortunately, the bigger problem, which Maria says, is that Marcos is focused on breaking the curse so the travelers can settle permanently in your hometown. So I'll have a head start if I can get to Julian before Marcos starts his spell. Well, and also, like, I'm sure she was like, hey, can we go get Julian, save him from being kidnapped? And Marcos was like, no. Why would we go get him? Who gives a shit? We'll just leave him behind. Yeah. I'm sure it was like, okay, well, I guess I'll go get him. Exactly. And then Stefan says, well, we're not going to let you just take Tyler. And Maria says, okay, Tyler is gone. There's only Julian now, and he belongs with me. I think we've been operating under the assumption that this spell is going to confine specifically to Mystic Falls, which we later learn that is not true. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were operating under that assumption or not. I was kind of like, maybe, because when we last saw a spell like this big, it was the other side veil being like lifted and that was only in mystic falls so i think i was entertaining the possibility that it could go further but it might just be a mystic falls i think it's supposed to be a twist later that it is going to be worldwide i think we're meant to assume it's just mystic falls and so at this point in the episode we are still kind of under that assumption maria says once the spell starts magic will be stripped away layer by layer tyler's body will turn from hybrid back to werewolf but then finally he'll just be dead and my husband along with him. So leaving him behind is not an option. Can you imagine if he just got stuck as a werewolf again? Oh, he'd be mad. (laughs) And so at this point in the episode, Maria doesn't like say like, that's going to happen wherever we go. So I just want to be with him in the end. Yeah. Which I think is a more compelling reason than what she says here, because they're meant to keep it vague. Yeah. Then we go to the Salvatore dungeon. Caroline is hanging out with Julian. And Julian says, quit hovering. It's weird. And... (laughs) Caroline says, you're like permanently inhabiting the former love of my life. So let's debate levels of weird. And Julian says, if he's former, why do you care? She's like, because I'm a nice person. Why is that so shocking to all of you? Yeah. She says, because he's a person whose life you stole without asking and he deserves to be fought for. And Julian says, whatever. Julian says, I don't care. Caroline says, okay, quick question. Why can't Marcos and the other travelers find someplace else to live? It's a great question. Yeah, it's a great question. Julian doesn't answer it in any compelling way. Again, because they're trying to keep it secret that it's just going to spread everywhere. Yeah. I don't know why they need to keep it secret so bad. But anyway, he says, it's nice here. There's plenty of nice towns. Yeah. Julian says, besides, it's not just about breaking the curse that keeps us from being able to settle. It's revenge against everything the witches stand for. Every grimoire, every talisman, every vampire, right down to your daylight rings. The travelers see it as a perversion of pure magic, and Marcos wants to destroy that perversion. I'll say this. Most witches aren't a fan of vampires existing either. Again, that's what's so unclear about this whole thing is like, first of all, perversion of magic. The whole thing about witches is that their magic is based in nature. Yeah. So if anyone's perverting magic, I think it's you guys. Well, and then, yeah, it is like, oh, suddenly witches and vampires are on the same side to them. Witches famously don't like vampires and only work with them when it's necessary. Now, through four or five seasons of this show, we see witches work with vampires more often than not because that's just more compelling television. But it is like, witches don't support it either. Like, yes, some witches made daylight rings. Yeah, and one witch, like, started vampires. But I don't know if you've ever heard about Esther. She's not exactly a popular one. Well, number one, she's not a popular witch. Number two, she didn't like the vampires. And three, she didn't even realize she was creating vampires. Yeah. I mean, and that's on her for assuming she could bring her kids back to life with no cost. And don't even get me started on the perversion of pure magic and 
the obvious ties to white supremacy that it's giving. Yes. Like that's a whole nother situation. And then Julian says he wants to restore the balance, even though again, which is the whole thing is balance. The whole thing is like, Oh, if someone comes back to life, someone else has to die. Nature always finds a balance. Like, like it sounds like the balance you guys want is for you to be higher up than other people. Yes. That's not a balance. And that's, again, why the travelers are so confusing, because it's like they're saying this like it makes perfect sense. But if you think about it for more than five seconds, it makes no sense with anything else we've ever heard about witches who are supposedly their enemy. Yeah. And the real problem with this is they never really explain it any better, because after this, what happens is Caroline says, but that's wrong. And this is what Julian says. This is how... They explain that actually this is right. Julian says, <laughs> Julian says, it's not really wrong when you think about it. If anything, it's kind of right. What? Can you explain to me how you're thinking about it? Like, you can't just say that. Like, can you give me some evidence to support that claim? It's like, actually, if you think about it, I'm right. Just think about it. And it's like, no, can you explain to me why you're right? No, it's just think about it. Like, I'm being honest, Julian, I'm thinking about it. And it seems even wronger than if when I didn't think about it. The more I think about it, actually, the worse it sounds. So <laughs> what are you thinking about? And that's all he explains to us. And like Caroline, because she's a character in a TV show that it has accepted these rules, has to move on with the conversation. Yeah. Although I know that Caroline would be like, no, it's it's not. You need to explain more. Yeah. I just can't get over that. He says, actually, it's not wrong if you think about it. It's actually sort of right. And Caroline says, why does he have to be so violent about it? Fair question. And Julian says, when it comes to getting what he wants, Marcos doesn't have much of a sense of humor. He doesn't seem to have a sense of humor about anything in his life. He doesn't seem to have really much of anything in the way of personality. Yeah. Like, no offense, but it's really not much there. I mean, and we've talked at length about Marcos in the past, but that's the main problem about the Travelers is like villains in the past have been so like iconic yeah. lovable interesting lovable you know is a basic word whatever because they are villains but the thing about the travelers is like there's nothing about them to love there's nothing really about them to hate except like that they're trying to get rid of magic but it's just it doesn't inspire any emotion in me and i'll be honest the only reason i'm listening to this and following it is because tyler's saying it yeah I'm like this guy's got a point if it was any of the traveler actors i'd be like mm Jacked. Because even though we are at the episode that is the second to last episode of the season, the penultimate episode before the season finale, I'm still like, but the Travelers can't be the big villains. Yeah, I'm like, and what are you guys doing again? Am I supposed to be taking you guys seriously? So we're doing this. We're still, you guys are doing this spell, apparently. And Travelers do spells <laughs> is something that I know. Then we go over to the cave where they left all the Traveler bodies. Obviously, it comes out that Marcos doesn't care about where these bodies are, really. But it does seem like a lapse in judgment at first when he knows that last week Maria saw Bonnie and Jeremy in these caves, knowing that that team knows where these people are. So it might have behooved Marcos to move these people. So Marcos comes into the cave. He finds it empty. There's no bodies there. But there is a note on the wall. And the note says, found. Cave of wannabe witches. For more information, call Damon Salvatore. Hee hee hee. I know wannabe witches pissed him off more than anything. Oh, yeah. Also, I love, I know they didn't put a phone number on here because or else teenagers across the nation would call it. But 
It is so funny. He just said, call Damon Salvador. How's he supposed to find the number? You know, it's one of my favorite things on any teen drama is people will call each other. And it's like, when did you guys exchange numbers? I know. It, like, it's one thing when it's like, Stefan calls Caroline. I understand at some point they exchange numbers. But at one point, like, Enzo calls Elena and she has the number in her phone. Yeah. It's like, first of all, Enzo only got that phone like a week ago. Yeah. He went to Damon. He said, can I see your contacts? I'm just going to copy everyone's number. Yeah. So then Marcos throws the note on the ground in anger, but he has to pick it back up. To find the, the number. number. We go over to the Salvador house. Damon is like tapping on travelers, just having fun. But then he gets a phone call and he answers it. And he says, Salvador, boring house. He's having some fun with it because, you know, he's just sitting at home with all these dead bodies. He's got to keep his sense of humor going. Yeah. Marcos says, I'm calling about my people. And Damon says, oh, hey, you found my note. Okay, listen, don't be offended, but I can't just give them to anyone. So what do they look like? Giggle, giggle. Giggle, giggle, being silly. But unfortunately, Marcos is no fun. So he says they're ragged, beaten down by the world, desperate for a home. Ragged is right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you got them. They're ragged. And then Damon says, you just described homeless people, aging hipsters, and Matt Donovan. Zing! <laughs> Matt Donovan says, what did you say fuck me for? <laughs> <laughs> Matt Donovan catching strays. <laughs> yeah. Marcos says, okay, one is 5'10 and wearing a black coat. You're standing right next to him. And then Marcos comes in the door. I know that guy sitting in the chair was like, 5'10? <laughs> I'm six foot. <laughs> Damon says, look, I know the concept of a home is new to you, but it is polite to knock. And Marcos is like, I don't care. We go over to Whitmore. Caroline and Bonnie are packing up their dorm room because it's, I guess, almost the end of the school year. Because I guess we're still doing the college thing. Caroline says, okay, so. Julian is trapped inside of Tyler forever or until he dies. So I was thinking, what if he does die? Maybe that's how we do it. That's how we get him out. And Bonnie says, you want to kill Tyler. And Caroline confirms what Bonnie's afraid is Caroline's plan. Bonnie's like, please don't propose this because I can't keep this lie going if you propose what I think you're going to propose. Bonnie says, please don't say what I think you're going to say. And Caroline says, Okay, well, Tyler will go to the other side. And then when Liv does the spell to help you and Enzo, Tyler can just come back. Bonnie's like, stop adding people to the list. And then Karen says, oh, and speaking of, shouldn't you be like preparing or talking to Liv or doing anything other than packing up our dorm room? And Bonnie says, well, we have to be out of here right after finals, which I might skip due to the potential extinction of magic in the place where I was spending my summer break. And Caroline says, right, but I do think the other side falling apart is slightly more pressing than late housing fees. And then Bonnie says, okay, you know what? I can't keep this a secret anymore. I'm just going to tell you, there's no spell. I made it up. The other side is collapsing and everyone in it, including me, is going away for good. So no, I don't think you should kill Tyler. And Caroline's like, girl, what? <laughs> and we see Enzo is in the corner. So he has heard this. Yeah. We go back over to the Salvatore house. Marcos is looking around and he says, nice place. A little rustic. My tastes are more modern, ironically. Yeah, I've seen the one house you decorated, which, mind you, had, like, one folding chair. What taste? What taste is modern? He says, still good bones. Damon says, yeah, okay, I think you read the flyer wrong. Uh, the bodies are the only thing on the bargaining table and in the attic and in the garage and the kitchen. Ha ha ha. Because he's not bargaining his house. Yeah. Marco says about that. Please tell me taking hostages isn't your grand plan. Because it feels a little small, much like the half bath off the foyer. It's like, okay, clearly you want to take this house. <laughs> that's And that's the first joke Marcos has ever said. So Damon says, funny, here I thought you didn't have a sense of humor. But here's the gag. That's not a joke. Marcos really thinks that half bath is small. Marcos was like, no, it, it is a small bathroom. I'm not joking. 
Which, like, it's the bathroom off the foyer. Of course, it's small, Marcus. Marcus. How many houses have you been in? Marcus, Marcos. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, it's the half of the foyer. That's not where you're going to take a shower. He's only been in, like, a handful of houses. He doesn't know. He's never been in a house this big. He usually just goes to malls. And then uh, Marcos, like, sniffs. And Damon says, if you're wondering about the smell, I have your Salvation Army doused in gasoline, and I'm just itching to light a match. You people need to stop burning down your houses. I'm like, please don't burn down another house. You guys are going to run out of places to go. And this is a nice house. You shouldn't be burning this one down. Yeah. Where are you all going to move? This is the biggest house you have between all of you. Yeah, and the nicest one. Marco says, you know, you're right. None of this would be possible without their willingness to passenger themselves into your citizens and help perform my spell. And while I'd like to give them the opportunity to return to their actual bodies, he stabs one in the neck for emphasis. He says, it's not essential to my plan. That poor guy who was just like laying, waiting, and then everybody else comes back to their bodies and they're like, hey, what happened to him? <laughs> he, he went up to Bonnie and went <laughs> to cross through. He's like, where am I? She's like, oh, you're crossing through the other side. And he said, what? He said, what? I'm supposed to come back to life. He said, just me? He's like, where are all my friends? And she's like, mm, I don't know. She's like, I've got other things to worry about. Pass through. She said, shut up. <laughs> then Marco says, did you really think you found the whole of my people? Travelers are everywhere. They're the faces that surround you every day, the world over. The ones you don't notice because you're too busy making a mess of all that you have. They want those things too. A home, a family, a better life. They're willing to die for it. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 <laughs> yon, yon. First of all, the reason I don't notice travelers is because you're all wearing grays and muted colors. If one of you would wear like a yellow, I'll notice you. Yeah, you guys are literally fading into the background. And also, not for nothing, you all hang out at abandoned locations. You're not running into people. Maybe don't stay at a junkyard. And if there are so many of you that they're everywhere, why has it taken you guys like 2,000 years to get out of this situation? Because they have no leaders that they can't team up. This is why they're all relying on Marcos, who's an idiot, because they don't need a leader who is charismatic. They just need a leader who can organize. Yeah, because they're all lazy. Like, honestly, I'd rather just keep walking. <laughs> I'm trying a new restaurant. It's two miles away. I can walk two miles. Yeah, traveling is fine. <laughs> this works for me. I'm sure there's a ton of travelers who are like, this is the life I've chosen. I'm fine. It's like van life. Yeah. People do that every day. I will say another thing about travelers that is interesting is this season, I think, aired around like 2014, mm -hmm. which is like right when it was like making fun of hipster time. So I think there's a layer of travelers that is like making fun of hipsters a bit. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I'm making that up. They're all walking to Coachella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I love it. Not love it. But, you know, I understand they can't gather in groups. Yeah. Just meet some other people. Then you can, like, you can make a home somewhere. I guess they want their community. And I guess they can't do any magic by themselves. I mean, it doesn't seem like travelers have a lot of magic to do. Like, the only magic we've seen them do, other than anything related to this spell, is, like, passenger stuff which mostly they seem to like do for i wouldn't say fun but for other reasons like the only reason nadia made gregor a passenger was to like i don't know endear herself to silas it seems like for the most part travelers don't have big magical aspirations and all they want to do is just like have a house like once they have homes are they just going to stop doing magic well here's the other thing i mean i get diseases part of it with why they can't settle but how big of an issue are famines now like, I get famines were an issue a while ago, but now, like, how much of a famine can a witch really give you? Here's the other thing I just thought of. 
How big is the group and how many people? Because we know Catherine's dad was a traveler. Was he the only one in her family that was a traveler? So he could settle fine? Or was his whole family travelers since Catherine could learn to do the spell? So then if it's a family, is it like, oh, no, it's okay. The witches are like, we're not monsters. You guys can settle if you're in a family. Uh, Again, I've said this before. I think they just have made some poor choices in where they've moved. And they've come upon plagues and famines over the course of time because they happen. And they're like, the witches must be doing it. Maybe you guys just moved somewhere where there's a famine. Like, sorry. It happens. Like, there are famines. Damon says, you guys want a promised land. Okay? I get it. But off the record, Mystic Falls, kind of a dump. Bad schools, terrible traffic, and forget about ever getting a decent cup of coffee. Obviously, he's lying. He loves Mystic Falls. He's just trying to get Marcos off the Mystic Falls scent. But then Marcos says, Mystic Falls is a means to an end. Like a small pebble dropped into a very large pond. That analogy is not an example of a means to an end. (laughs) This man is so stupid. Well, and as he's saying this, he drops his single ice cube into the bourbon. And it's like, okay, drink it neat or or put it on the rocks. One ice cube is just obnoxious. Yeah, it's like, okay. And then Damon says a very poetic, I have no idea what that means. Because it doesn't mean anything. Because he's just saying shit. Whenever Damon is talking to a traveler, it is like, I am speaking to them. It's like, whatever that means. Yeah. And so then Murko says... Once we destroy the spirit magic in this town, the witch's curse will finally be broken. From there, the spell will ripple outward, unraveling spirit magic as it spreads. Only pure magic, our magic, will remain. My people will be free to go wherever they choose. And when witch magic and all that it has ever created is gone from this earth, you will be too. So this is the first reveal admission that this spell, it's not just limited to Mystic Falls. It's basically going to eliminate magic from the whole world, and therefore the travelers don't actually have to settle in Mystic Falls. They can settle anywhere because magic will be gone from everywhere. Yeah. Damon says, okay, well, I think I've heard about enough. And he vampire runs to Marcos to kill him. Obviously, he should have been doing that about 20 minutes ago. He should have done the second Marcos stepped in the door. Mm-hmm. What was the point of having this conversation? You got nothing out of it. Yeah. Marcos tosses Damon and Marcos says you underestimate me I've completely transfused myself with doppelganger blood I'm channeling all the power of my people you're not strong enough to kill me anymore which doesn't make a ton of sense for a number of reasons but also this (laughs) it's just so stupid and there's also there's so many pieces that I don't think we're meant to like attack all of them but if he's completely transfused with vampire blood If you snap his neck, he'll be in transition. And then he'll have to die too. If he does the spell, which, but we don't know if, what we've been told in the past Mm -hmm. is that a witch can't be a witch and a vampire. So this would take Marcos completely, like he wouldn't be able to do magic if he was a vampire, we can assume. So all they have to do is like snap his neck. I assume that he's maybe a stronger fighter now because he's channeling the power of his people, but his neck isn't invincible. Well, even if he's stronger, I mean, vampires are faster. If you can't snap a neck, you can't grab a heart. Well, it just feels like, Damon, throw some knives at him. He might be stronger, but it's not like the knives are going to bounce off him. They'll go in and they'll hurt him. It feels like it can't be that hard to kill him. Yeah, I agree. That's what I would have done in this situation. And then we wouldn't be in the situation we end up in. Yes, exactly. There's some chanting. And then Mirko says, not that it matters. The spell has already begun. So you don't have to do any of the work? So what, like... You know what? Don't explain it to me. (laughs) Yeah, I actually don't care. (laughs) Into the town, 
we see a woman break glass in her hand. She's chanting. The vial of blood. Yeah. Another guy does the same thing. And as they are doing that, we see Maria's truck drive by. And then we go into Maria's truck. And Maria says, home sweet home. And then Elena like looks longingly at Maria's neck. And at first it looks like she's looking at her earring. And Elena says, I don't mean to be rude. But would you mind if I drained your carotid of a few ounces? Now that you said it like that, I would mind. Yeah. (laughs) Maria says, we're two blocks from home. Would you mind holding out considering I saved your lives? Maria's like, you know what? I would mind, actually. I'm literally driving. (laughs) I'm in the middle of something. And then Maria says, word of advice, okay? Keep a low profile. This is exactly where Murkos doesn't want you to be. If a traveler spots you, you're going right back to that camp. Actually, no, they're not. Do you not see the people gathering in the town square, Maria? You should notice that red flag more than Stefan and Elena should. Yeah, you're a traveler. But as they're driving, Liv appears in the road with her hand out. It looks like Maria hits the brakes, though I think Liv would have stopped it if she didn't. And Elena says, what is she doing? And Maria says, wild guess. I'm guessing she's trying to kill you. Yeah, she's like, because that actually makes sense as a goal for everybody right now. Yeah. So then Maria reverses the truck. Because she's like, well, someone in front of me, nothing I can do about that. Yeah. But Luke's there because remember, they they're are twins. twins. <laughs> Stefan says, all right, let's get out of the car. Maria unlocked the doors. And she says, I obviously did that. Clearly the witches are doing something with the doors. You fucking idiot. Yeah, you tried that one. Thanks. Thank you for the note. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know I'm a traveler, but how stupid do you guys think I am? <laughs> Luke makes the car move. Maria can't stop it. She can't hit the brakes or anything. And then Liv causes it to crash. It's a very cool effect where it like goes in the air and like looks like it runs into something, but it doesn't. Very sick. This pretty much immediately kills Maria on impact. Yeah. Sorry. Stefan breaks out of the truck. Elena groans and she can see Maria is like knocked out with blood on her head. To Elena's credit, she doesn't just immediately drink Maria's blood. She looks like she's going to. And I probably would have. I was hungry. She's not using it anymore. And Stefan doesn't want human blood, so dibs. Plus, you know, you're about to go in a fight. Like, it couldn't hurt to get some extra strength. But whatever. Luke pushes Stefan into the truck magically. Liv pushes Elena into the truck, but also breaks Elena's bones. A little unnecessary. (laughs) She really wants her down. And Liv says, I'm sorry, I really am, but we need to make the doppelganger blood useless. One of you needs to die. And Luke says, it really doesn't matter which one. Now, the two of you should have killed both of them. If one of them somehow it doesn't take, whatever. Like, yeah. Don't give them time to make this decision. Exactly. Back at Whitmore, Bonnie is packing the car and Enzo approaches. And he says, when did you plan on telling me? Or were you just hoping the darkness would come and take me before the awful truth came out? She's like, the second one. (laughs) She's definitely the second one. I was not planning on telling you ever, actually. I wasn't planning on telling anyone. But people kept asking me to do shit that I can't do. So eventually I just snapped. She says, don't you get it? Okay, there's no solution. He says, there's always a solution. Your boyfriend came back from the dead. Murkos came back from the dead. You came back from the dead. And then Bonnie says, well, the travelers used doppelganger blood in that spell to bring Murkos back, which means they basically destroyed the magic that was holding the other side together. So this is their way of saying, like, it's now different to bring someone back than it was when Bonnie or Jeremy came back. Yeah. Although this, I'm kind of like, well, if the other side is weaker, then it's easier to bring them back would be my thought yeah since they already got a physical foothold it kind of seems like you might just need to give it another shove and then they're technically ghosts but they're you know alive whatever yeah bonnie says it's unraveling there's nothing anyone can do to stop it it's over enzo you're not coming back accept it 
And he says, I will accept it when the darkness comes and yanks me into oblivion. I will accept it when I no longer exist. I spent over 50 years stuck in a cell, poked, prodded, tortured. By all rights, I had no hope of ever getting out, but I clung to it. So I will accept it when it is done and not a minute prior. And, you know, fair enough, because let me tell you, you guys always find a way out of this bullshit. Yeah. Bonnie grabs her box and then she sees Maria. She says, oh, I know you. You tried to kill my boyfriend in the caves. And Enzo says, what's going on? Who are you talking to? (laughs) Bonnie says, oh, a traveler just died. And Maria says, please tell my husband I tried. And she passes through. Bonnie, I'd be like, I'm not going to say shit to anyone. I don't care. I've got enough to deal with. Sorry to your husband. We go back over to the Salvador house. Julian is in the dungeon and he uses his vampire hearing that he has because he's in Tyler's body to listen upstairs. And upstairs, Damon is listening to some light music and he pours himself a bourbon. And he says, you know, I'd invite you to stay for dinner, but I am not very familiar with traveler cuisine, although I'm sure it involves a lot of trail mix and gruel. He is just firing off the jokes this week. Winner after winner. Marcos is not laughing. Marcos looks at a wall. It's unclear what wall even. It looks like a wall that leads outside. He says, I think I'll take this wall down. I love an open floor plan. Yeah, so it can look more like an abandoned mall. Yeah, then buy a house with an open floor plan, you loser. This one's historic. In no world does a house that looks like that on the outside deserve to have an open floor plan. That's not that's not the vibe. And I'm pretty sure any wall you're going to tear down in that house is load bearing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, not to be a contractor, <laughs> but... Well, like, you have the foyer that goes right into the living room. Like, it's pretty open. Yeah. What, you want the kitchen right there, too? You want the whole fucking house to smell like onions every time you cook he does julian starts talking at his level so only damon can hear it um and says damon hey he does not know i'm here so use the element of surprise not sure you're clever enough to pull it off just thought i'd put it out there damon says well all i can ask is that you leave me a couple great bottles of wine i spent half my life shoplifting the stuff i'm assuming you want to see the wine cellar now Marcos, it is such a red flag that Not only is he like, oh, yeah, definitely have the house. I just want some wine when I leave. And two, that he's taking you to the cellar. I don't care how well you think you know the person whose house you're at. And especially if they're your enemy. I'm not following anybody to the basement. I don't care if I'm transfused with doppelganger blood and I think I'm invincible. I'm not going to a basement with a vampire. Well, yeah, it's like he's been antagonistic with you all day. Do you think he's now just like, you know what? Guess you got me. Let's get you some wine. Why would he do that? That's stupid. They go down to the wine cellar, though. And Dame says, ah, here's something you don't see every day. Bordeaux, 1945. He says the 1945 in French. Years always confounded me when I took French, so I didn't want to think too hard about it, so I didn't write it down. Fair enough. Damon says, I think I won this in a poker game. Or maybe Stefan brought it back from the war. I don't remember. Stefan brought a bottle of wine back from war. And I should say, as he's looking at this wine, he grabbed a key in the wine cellar. So that's why he really grabbed this one. Yeah. Marcos says, where is your brother? I was hoping he'd be here. The doppelgangers seem to have slipped away without saying goodbye. Did you think you were going to find him in this basement after he led you down here? Damon says, oh, that's a good question. Why don't we find out? And then he says, after you. And Marcos leads the way out of the basement, opening it up for Damon to kick Julian the key to the dungeon. Marcos. Never have your back to your enemy. Never. Stupid, dumbass bitch. And honestly, if, if I'm Damon, you know what I'm doing then? Stabbing his neck. I'm signing the key to Julian and I'm snapping his neck. It's 
I fail, he whatever, he knocks me out. Who cares? He already hates me. Might as well try again while his back is to me like an idiot. And while Julian has the key to maybe get out and help me if he fights me. Yeah. We go back into the town square where Luke and Liv are, you know, still dealing with Stefan and Elena. And Luke says, what are you doing, Liv? Like, come on, let's do this. And Liv looks at Elena and she says, no hard feelings, just following our coven's orders. But then all of a sudden, Luke, like, doesn't have any magic in his hand. And Stefan can just, like, get up and start to walk away. Yeah, you can see Stefan just move. And he's like, okay, I guess I can do this. Yeah. And Luke says, Liv, what's happening? And Liv says, oh, no. Because then Liv also has no magic. So Elena grabs Liv and says, your magic sputter out? Girl, I wouldn't be bragging about that if I were you. Yeah, girl, you know what comes right after this, right? You're drowning. (laughs) Liv says, Luke, the spells started. We see a group of travelers chanting in the square. And Elena says, we trusted you. And Liv says, honestly, that really doesn't matter anymore because you are going to be dead any second. Yeah, Liv's like, we're kind of past that. And then Stefan and Elena start to burn in the sun because their rings stop working. And Elena says, our rings aren't working. So they run inside to the grill. Matt is just at his shift at the grill. Yeah, because one thing about him, he's not missing a shift. (laughs) Doesn't matter what's going on. He is career oriented. Matt says, oh, hey, Elena, what happened? And Elena says, our rings aren't working. Stefan says, look, the whole town square is filled with travelers. We got to get out of here. And Matt says, great news. There's tunnels in the stockroom. Let's go. Remember these tunnels that April Young used to escape? Where's she at? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows where April Young is? We haven't heard from her. She's alive. Yeah, good for her. Well, we didn't see her die. So I guess we can assume she's alive. As far as we know, she's alive. There's more chanting in the town square. In the tunnels, they're all running. But then Elena starts coughing up water. We see clips of her drowning, lest we forget. Yeah, in case we didn't know what was happening, we get a clip of the car going off the bridge. And then Stefan groans because all of a sudden he has a gunshot wounded in his stomach (laughs) and we see a clip of him being shot. Mm -hmm. And Matt says, what's going on? And Stefan says, oh yeah, the thing is the spell unravels witch magic and it is spreading. Without magic, I'm just some guy who got shot by his dad. (laughs) Matt says, Let's keep running. Maybe we'll stay ahead of it. So at one point when I was watching the show before Stephanie watched the show, I told her there was a plot line where people were outrunning the spell. This is that plot line. Now, I don't know why I thought that was going to be like a multi-episode plot line. I was worried when I realized you remember saying that. I was like, oh my God, I hope like she doesn't see it coming. But they really put it in this episode back end. I was like, whew. Why would I see this coming? Even if I know that plot is coming, it's still a silly one. And then I I do say if we want to get technical... This spell should really affect Matt, too, because he's been using the Gilbert ring. So really, he should die the first way he died, whatever it was. I don't know what it was. Who knows? Either way, he should die because the only reason he's alive is because of a magic ring famously created by witches, by Emily Bennett. Yeah, a ring that we know was created by witches. But that's something we're ignoring in both his and Jeremy's case for now, or we're not addressing. Yeah. We're not seeing it on Matt. Maybe we will. I doubt it. I think that one just got ignored. Yeah. They said, <laughs> mm, he's human. We're not going to deal with that. They continue to run. At the Salvatore house, Damon says to Marcos, okay, well, Stefan isn't picking up. So he might just be out of cell minutes. And Marcos is like, what is a cell minute? Marcos says, what kind of game are you playing? Obviously the stalling game, but he realizes that too slowly. Mm-hmm. Like someone being stalled. Yeah. <laughs> so Julian from behind jumps and attacks and he bites Marcos. Instead of just snapping a neck. 
Again, bite, great way to weaken him, snap the neck. And, you know, I get Julian probably hasn't snapped that many necks in his day because, you know, he's a traveler, why would he? But, you know, you have the strength of a hybrid, just snap it. Or bite a whole chunk out. Weaken him or something. And Damon, as soon as Julian jumps, go in and snap the neck. Yeah. Whatever. Damon says, took you long enough, but then Marcos tosses Julian past Damon. And Julian is like freaked out. He says, oh, my fangs. What the hell happened to my fangs? His fangs disappeared. Yeah. Because the spell's coming. And Damon says, what? And then uh, Damon accidentally puts his arm in the sun through the window and he starts burning. He says, we have a problem. We go back out to the town square briefly. The townspeople are chanting. At this point, they have blood coming out of their noses and ears and they start to drop one by one. So can you imagine if you were one of the townspeople who was not passengered and you're just trying to get to the grill to get your chicken club and everyone's just chanting in the town square and dying? It's like, damn, that's a weird flash mob. Like, Mrs. Douglas, <laughs> you guys okay? We go over to the Salvatore house and the travelers start waking up because their passengers are dying. Yeah. And Marco says, now what were you saying about this being your home? It's like, you guys are still squatters. And here's my thing. Marcos, you have made your whole life about like, we just want a home to ourselves. Like we're not bad people. We just want a home. And then you go and immediately steal someone else's home. Do you think everybody deserves a home or not? At the end of the day, the travelers are haters. Yeah. I think they're better than everybody. And they're just not. In fact, they're worse. Yeah, they're substantially worse than pretty much everyone I've seen on this show. Yeah. I would even say they're worse than John Gilbert. I agree. Now Damon has his gunshot wound when he was shot. We get a flashback of that. Mm-hmm. Marcos says, like I said, the spell will continue to unravel spirit magic as it spreads, which means you're not long for this world. Julian starts to choke because Tyler famously died of a broken neck because Klaus snapped his neck to turn him into a hybrid. So this should technically be sudden, but instead it's just um owie, I guess, for now. Yeah. Marcos says the sun's about to set. Feel free to buy yourself a little time to say your goodbyes. You and this traitor of yours can try to outrun the spell. For a little while, anyway. So Damon and Julian start to run. Damon looks back at his house before he leaves, and then he goes. Out in the woods, Damon is walking. At some point, he lost Julian. It's unclear where. (laughs) He finds the road, and a car approaches and stops. It's Jeremy. Mm -hmm. And Damon says, little Gilbert, never more happy to see you. And also, in a similar vein, I have to say, this spell should also affect Jeremy. Yeah, like, you know, when he got shot and brought back to life by magic, the ring. The ring has brought him back to life. Bonnie has brought him back to life, famously a witch. It just, like, he has been brought back to life in, like, three different types of magic. How did none of those count? Yeah, and none of them are traveler magic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the one type of magic that hasn't brought him back to life yet. Yeah. Over at Whitmore, Bonnie and Caroline are in their dorm. They're packing. And even though Caroline earlier was like, packing is stupid. Now she's all of a sudden packing? Girl, you're going to die. She's packing because they are planning to outrun it, I think. So she's like, I better get some stuff for running away. I know they don't have a plan here. Yeah. But what's the plan here? You're not going to outrun it forever. You know you're not. I think their plan is to outrun it for a little bit and then like regroup and make a plan in like a couple days. So I think their plan is like, we'll make a plan later. Yeah, which wouldn't work, but they don't cross that bridge. Caroline says, what are we supposed to take? Photos, clothes, hair products? Like any of that matters when we're all dead. And she's like, why are you sitting there? And Bonnie says, I'm thinking. And Caroline says, well, think while you pack. 
death is literally on its way. She says, you said a vampire appeared to you who died on Old Miller Road, which means the spell is moving past Mystic Falls. So whatever will fit, the rest I'm sure we'll never see again. Yeah, this poor guy was just walking. He's like, you know, I heard there are a lot of vampires in Mystic Falls. I'm going to go try to make some new friends. And he (laughs) died. died. Caroline says, hello, Bonnie. Which part of we're all about to die isn't registering? And Bonnie says, I think I know how to get us back from the other side. I need to find Enzo. Outside. Matt gives Elena and Stefan some blood bags, and he says, these are all the blood bags I could get. And Elena says, thanks. Between the four of us, that'll last a day. And Matt says, then what? And Stefan says, that's a tomorrow problem. Right now, we just got to outrun the spell, regroup in a thousand miles, and then figure out a game plan. Honestly, I mean, I know I shouldn't be saying give up hope, but you might as well say your goodbyes. No one's saying goodbye to anyone. Like, just in case. Jeremy approaches with Damon. Elena runs to him. Again, Elena, you should say goodbye to your brother. Yeah, your dear brother who you love so much. You, who you love so much you burnt your house down. But instead, she goes and kisses Damon. Thank God we're past that. Yeah, everyone sighs a big sigh of relief. Like, great, now we don't have to hear about this. Yeah, he says, what was that for? And she says, I had a really crappy day and I needed it. She says, I thought I was never going to see you again and I couldn't think of a worse way to die. And Damon says, well, I guess today's your lucky day. Stefan's like, okay, Jeremy... You head back with Matt. We need eyes and ears in Mystic Falls. And then he says to Damon and Elena, you guys take Jeremy's car. I'm going to wait here for Caroline and Bonnie. Elena says, call you in a few hours, Jer. And he says, be careful. Again, how about goodbye? How about I love you? Jeremy and Matt go. Damon and Elena go. We go to the town square, or at least somewhere near the town square, specifically to Maria's car, which has Maria's body in it. We quickly see we're on the other side. And Maria is looking at her dead body. And Enzo says, surreal, isn't it? And she says, who are you? And he says, dead, just like you. But I've got a proposition to get us both out of this place. While he's starting this proposition, the wind has already started. From the beginning, I said, well, she's about to get sucked up. Yeah. Enzo says, Marcos managed to Houdini his way back to the land of the living with some crazy spell. Any chance you know it? And she says, I know the spell, but I don't know two dozen travelers willing to overwhelm the anchor. And Enzo says, I think you underestimate how resourceful we are. Just leave the details to us. Are you interested? She nods. She is interested. And then the wind picks up again. And she says, hey, what's happening? And he says, grab my hand. You'll get used to this. They hold on. But Maria gets lifted in the air. Not a good sign. And she says, don't let go. But he can't hold on. And she gets sucked up to the sky. The same place that we saw Catherine and Vicky get sucked up. Mm Mm-hmm. And so far, you've been a pretty big proponent for that is peace. Yeah. Do you still think it's peace with the addition of Maria? So Maria doesn't have really evidence that it's peace because she like, although I guess maybe because she got to see her body and she gave people a message to give to her husband. She knew they could give it to her husband. But she didn't get to say goodbye to her husband and she didn't get to help these people. Yeah. I don't think she needed to help the people to get peace. I think she would have liked to see her husband to actually get peace, but you know, I can't completely rule it out. This is another one that, I mean, you know, we saw obviously Catherine got sucked up, also a traveler, but Vicky's not a traveler. So that messes up that pattern. And I can't imagine Maria's done anything. Like that, it's the same thing, Maria and Vicky. It's like, did you do evil enough things to go to hell? I don't think so. I will point out another interesting thing is that I don't know if I expect you to come to any conclusion here. I don't know if there's a conclusion to come to. Vicky got sucked up after being on the other side for a while. Catherine got sucked up having not even gone to the other side. Maria got sucked up pretty much immediately after she got to the other side. 
That's true. How does that timeline play in it, if at all? The thing about Catherine getting sucked up before she even went to the other side is what makes me think peace. Like Mm -hmm. she was ready to move on immediately. Vicky, again, not like ready to move on because she said goodbye to her brother. Maria may be just ready to move on because she was like, I'm tired. I've been traveling my whole life. Sure. I don't know. Maria is a an outlier in what I've been thinking about, but I don't think she disproves what I've been thinking about. Okay. She doesn't prove it either, but Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll take I'll take not disprove. Yeah. We go over to Whitmore. Bonnie is about to leave her dorm room. She looks back at it and then goes, but then she sees Enzo in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And she says, what's wrong? And he says, we hit a little snag. Outside, Caroline is with Stefan. And she says, where is Bonnie? She was right behind me. Why are you all splitting up? Yeah, why are you not, like, watching each other? <laughs> and Stefan says, I'm going to go find out what's taking so long. Julian approaches Stefan and Caroline and says, hey, I'm looking for Maria. I heard she brought you back to Mystic Falls. And Stefan says, that she did. That I will say. And, you know, obviously he couldn't have known how this was going to go. It's nice to tell him. Julian says, did Maria tell you where she was headed? Because she can't stay there. You know, the town's completely overrun. And Stefan and Caroline say nothing. And Julian says, what's the problem? Did she tell you where she was headed or what? Now, if I'm Stefan, I say, she was really into the idea of Cape Horn. Well, and this is why these people need to stick together. Because if they had talked to Bonnie and Enzo, then they would have been like, you know what? This happened, but we can bring her back. We need your help. I think, honestly, Stefan should say, Maria didn't say where she was going. She said she was going to get out of town and she was going to reach out to you when she could. I don't even think you need to give that much detail. And I know that Stefan is, like, coming off of regretting lying to Damon about something like this. Stefan should lie here. He couldn't have known it would have such disastrous effects. Honestly, if I'm Stefan, I'm like, Maria's in the other car. We're going to meet up with them. Yeah. Stefan says, okay, listen. You're not going to see Maria again. <laughs> Julian says, what are you talking about? And Stefan says, okay, I thought I made that pretty obvious. Uh, She's dead. Stefan says, okay, so you're going to make me say it? <laughs> Stefan says, she's dead. I'm sorry. And Julian says, don't touch me. And Caroline says, I feel like I should, like, you know, confirm it wasn't Stefan's fault. And Julian says, she saved you a punk ass. And Stefan says, "Um, I didn't kill her. The witches did. Yeah. And you guys hate witches. I know that, I think. <laughs> and Julian says, well, someone's going to have to pay for it. And Julian goes to punch Stefan. And Stefan says, hey, whoa, okay, look, I'm not in the mood to fight tonight, all right? And Julian's between him and Caroline. So Stefan, like, looks at Caroline. But Julian says, look at me. So Stefan looks at Julian. Mm-hmm. Julian says, my wife's dead. I'm in someone else's body. I've got nowhere to go because my own people are trying to kill me. And Stefan says... Listen, we're going to find a way to stop this spell. Like, even if Mystic Falls is gone, we're going to find a way to save ourselves, okay? Caroline goes to snap Julian's neck, Mm -hmm. which is smart. Unfortunately, she doesn't do it fast enough, so Julian turns and flashes his eyes and fangs at her, which, of course, to Stefan and Caroline means if he bites her, she's getting a werewolf bite. Yeah, so she, like, backs off. What Stefan does is pulls Julian off. Mm -hmm. You know, to make sure that he doesn't attack Caroline, and he pins Julian to the car in an effort to, you know, Again, just knock him out for a second, maybe keep him busy. But Julian pulls out Stefan's heart. Yeah, and like I said, I was like, oh, he just pulled out a different organ. And then I saw the heart and I was like, what? At first, it's interesting because we see them fight. We see an organ get pulled out. And it looks a lot like a heart, but at first we don't see any faces. So if you're delusional and scared, you can say, maybe Stefan got Tyler's heart. And so it's like, 
oh, but there must be an exception here. And Kellen gasps. And then we see Stefan turn gray and veiny. Stefan full dies. Yeah. The veins move up like we've seen. He falls down. He's gray. It is like, excuse me? It's like, what? That That's not right. I'm sorry. That can't be. That can't be true. I don't think so. Julian says, there, dead doppelganger. Stop the spell. Now, I mean, someone had to do it. I'm not going to side with Julian here because I don't want Stefan dead. But this spell was going to travel over the world. If Elena or Stefan didn't die, all of them were going to die. Honestly, I think if they regrouped, I don't think they would have come to this conclusion on their own, but if they regrouped in a thousand miles, especially with, you know, Bonnie's mind working, I think the decision they would have come to is like, one of us needs to die and we'll just figure out how to get us back from the other side before it collapses because we're already dealing with Enzo. Yeah. I think Elena would have come to the conclusion that she should finally sacrifice herself like she's been dying to do. Yeah. Because that's just the fastest way to stop the spell and give you time to think. And then at least it gives you somewhere you can be a vampire. Yeah. And I mean, at least now they've done it this fast, it seems like it's a limited area where magic is gone. We don't know if it will still affect them with the spell over but we know that the spell is not going to spread further at the very least. Yeah. So Julian leaves. Caroline falls to the ground at Stefan's body and she says like, no, no, oh my God, no, someone help. Very sad, very scary. Sterling girlies, we are worried. We are scared. I mean, I, again, feel confident that he's going to get out of this one, but it's still like a very emotional scene. And especially because, you know, this happened because he was trying to save Caroline. Yeah. Caroline hasn't completely faced her feelings. This will... This will bring him right out, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing like a brush with death to bring out some some love. Ain't that the truth? We go into the dorm. Bonnie and Enzo are catching up. And Bonnie says, what happened? Maria was the only one who was willing to help us who knew that spell. And Enzo says, the great beyond happened. And it's going to keep happening. So we need to find a way out of here and fast. And then Bonnie looks past Enzo. And she sees Stefan. And she's like, Stefan? Because at first she's like, it could be that he came upstairs. Yeah, he might have just come upstairs to get me, but he looks scared. Yeah, she can tell immediately he's probably dead. And Enzo can't see Stefan, so Enzo immediately knows that Stefan is dead. And Enzo says, what? And Stefan says, Bonnie. And Bonnie says, this can't be happening. And then Stefan says, because he hasn't heard that the spell was a lie yet. Yeah. But he's suspecting that it might not work. He's like, you know, I haven't seen any any progress on that yet, so I do feel that I need to ask. He says, I have a question, and I think I know the answer, but I have to ask it. He says, Bonnie, please tell me you figured out a way to bring us all back. She says, I lost it. I'm sorry. She said, I did, but then she kind of flew into space. Which is the thing that's happening. You'll see. You might see. You might maybe sooner rather than later. You might even feel it. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan is very upset. He's like defeated, but he does pass through Bonnie. Outside, we see again Caroline with Stefan's body, screaming, crying, throwing up. Mm-hmm. And that's where we end the episode. I was like convinced this wasn't the end because it had moved so fast. I was like, no. It's like, hey. But one thing about Julie Plex, she's going to set up a finale, bitch. She will. She really, really will. The first question I have to ask, I think I know your answer. Is Stefan Deb for good? No. So my only other question I have at the end of the episode, which I think will open up a can of worms for everything we're going to talk about is, so what's the move here? <laughs> so what the hell are we going to do now? Literally. 
you're under the impression that Stefan's coming back, um, which I think lines up with your expectations of maybe some other people coming back, some people who we've seen recently and some people who we haven't seen in ages. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a little bit wishful. So what what's happening here? What do you what are your expectations for the finale? Is it going to end with people back from the other side or is it just going to be like or is it going to be that we learn to live with ghosts? You know, what's the deal? I think it's more likely that people will actually come back from the other side because I feel confident that, you know, there's been this thing you've floated that maybe ghosts will just interact with us, which is obviously to throw me off the scent of alert coming back. Really? Because they have a physical foothold now. Did I do that to throw you off the scent? The physical foothold is as much a sign to me that they're just going to come back as a sign that they would be ghosts. And I think the Stefan of it all is really the nail in the coffin of me believing the ghost thing because there's no world in which Stefan is just a ghost. What makes you say that? I just feel confident about it. I just have a vibe. Partly because, you know, as I mentioned the beginning of the podcast, I know he dies at the end of the series. So how is a ghost going to die? Well, maybe it's not so much dying as it is moving on from this plane, moving on from the other side. Maybe the end of the series is just him finding peace. Sure, but then why would people say he dies? Because it's easier, because again, we've learned to live with people as they are. Like Bonnie technically is kind of half dead, but we don't refer to Bonnie as dead. And if Bonnie, and when the other side collapses, everyone's talking about like, oh, Bonnie's going to die. Now that's not technically true, but it's easier than saying like half of Bonnie's going to die. You know what I mean? Fair enough, fair enough. Um, But I- So you think Stefan's going to come back from the other side? I think Stefan's going to come back from the other side. I think Enzo will, and I think Alurk will. Those are my three that are coming back. Do you think those are the only three that are going to come back? I think Cole is a potential. Do you think those are the only four that are going to come back? Yeah. How do you think they are going to get people to come back from the other side? I do think we're going to go meet Liv and Luke's coven. Because I think the situation, the witches don't want the travelers to succeed. And they're going to need help getting all these like the infestation essentially out of mystic falls they're gonna need an exterminator here and i think they need a number of witches to do that and you know i think getting that coven to then let stefan alert and enzo out is that's a whole extra lift but i think they're gonna figure out a way to do that or that the witches will decide you know what the other side's gonna collapse we need to like essentially destroy it quote unquote ourselves to kind of protect the integrity, the balance, whatever. And in that balance, some people get out. So here's the thing. Live in Luke's coven. We know that their goal was to stop the travelers from succeeding. Yeah. They failed. The travelers did succeed. We think the spell has stopped spreading. Again, we don't know if it's stuck. We don't know if it's completely invalidated or if it is still within the balance that it lived. Mm -hmm. At this point, isn't the coven like, you know what, whatever. We don't live there. Like that's unfortunate, but at least it stopped in some way. What's to come in and fix? But the, it might be a, like a defeating the travelers part of it. Sure. Do you think like the coven is going to come in and like kill all the travelers? Yeah, I think potentially like the travelers, like killing them would do it. I do think if there's some way that getting rid of the other side hurts them in somehow. And I think essentially what would happen in that case is that it's not like they're choosing to let people through. I think basically whoever has not been sucked up from the other side would get to come out. Sure. Which I think there will be very few left at the point that that happens. Do you think that the spell is still in effect within Mystic Falls that gets rid of witch magic? Or do you think ending the spell kind of evaporated it? 
I think it's still in effect that there's no witch magic. So how they actually get to the travelers is an issue with power, but it may also be it's the same thing as the travelers. They were being sneaky. Like, let's just be sneaky somehow, I guess. So the point is, is basically like, if that is in effect, mm-hmm. the witches can't use magic to kill the travelers. They can, they just can't be in town. Well, and why would the travelers leave town then? Because they won't be able to settle anywhere else. Well, maybe the travelers won't leave town. I mean, how far can a spell reach? Here's my other question. So most seasons of The Vampire Diaries, mm-hmm. when they end, they sort of end on a cliffhanger, like, oh, shoot, kind of a complication, kind of something bad. The finale you're describing to me is all our favorites get to come back as they were. And so what you're describing to me seems like a really happy, clean ending. That doesn't sound like the Vampire Diaries to me. So explain that. No, so here's the thing. It will be a really happy, clean ending (laughs) until like the last three minutes. Because I think what's going to happen is essentially, look, we know Liv and Luke's coven, who they've talked about so much that we're obviously going to meet them. Yeah. They don't really want to be with that coven. They don't like that coven. So we have to imagine it's more complicated than just the coven they're with. So I think they'll make a deal with the coven to bring these people back. And that will essentially be a deal with the devil. And then this coven will then become kind of a villain. Okay. But everyone gets to come back to life. Yeah. But they like owe something big to the coven or something. Sure. If I'm Stefan and Elena and Damon, aren't I like, too bad for you guys. We're not that close. To, To who? To live in Luke. It's like, well, sucks that you guys are in trouble with your coven. Bye. Well, no, they'd all be in trouble with the coven. Oh. Like that they would make some promise to the coven that they wouldn't, like a genie, that they're like, oh, I wish like Stefan comes back to life as a vampire. But then he's like, I, I mean, obviously he's already Ripper. So this doesn't really make sense. But then he's he comes back as like a really horrible Ripper. As an example, you know, I'm not saying that's it. But that there's like a consequence and then, or that they like owe a debt to the coven like ursula in the little mermaid like they sign a contract like yeah bring all their friends back it sounds awesome and then they're like hey you didn't sign this contract now i don't think they're going to sign an actual contract sure. but that it's going to be in that situation that there's going to be kind of a like they'll pull one over on them maybe the consequences that they have to be ghosts perhaps you really want i mean the fact that you're saying that so hard makes me think it's not true because if that were true you wouldn't have you wouldn't keeping like well what if they're ghosts <laughs> maybe the consequence is that like Mystic Falls becomes like, maybe they won't be able to leave Mystic Falls ever. Maybe they'll be stuck within that boundary, which I guess is, you know, the same thought as like the veil only dropping in Mystic Falls, you know, but something like that. Okay. But you think like, no matter what the consequences, just all our favorites are going to get to come back to life and no one big is going to die. Well, they won't realize the consequence till after they've all come back. I understand that. But you think that a season is going to end with no big deaths. I mean, Liv and Luke might die. Okay. Maybe Sheila again, but I'm not concerned about the rest of them. I think we're going to be good. Do you think we're going to see anyone else get sucked up next episode? Anyone who either you theorize you're coming back or other people who we haven't seen in a while? Maybe Lexi, maybe Sheila. Well, Stephen is there. Nadia's there. Oh, I think Nadia went straight to peace. Because her mother loved her for once. Yeah. Whenever this happens that I guess a ghost, I always forget like one of the main ones. But those are the ones I'm saying for now. Sure. I, I'm going to say you did forget a main one. <laughs> God damn it. I don't want to tell you who, though. Wait, let me guess a couple more. Michael or Esther. I don't think it's them. Jenna. No, I think Jenna's at peace. 
I don't know. Never mind. Isabel. Just kidding. Isabel's a piece. I'm done guessing. Do you have any other notes about the episode that you want to discuss before we wrap up? I will just say, poor, poor Stefan, because he ended season four in a safe at the bottom of a quarry, and now he's ending season five dead. And he really didn't get a break in between either, let's be honest. Those demons, they be chasing him. At a certain point, let him take you. He should have been in that tunnel and said, you know what, this time I am just going to let the gunshot wound kill me. I should have let it kill me the first time, I fear. I think I've sort of had it. (laughs) Yeah, he's going through it. All love to Stefan, hopefully. Hope you get to come back to Earth. Hopefully you get a better run of it the second go around. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and your doppelgangers, please give us five stars in your view on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at doppelgangerspodcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. (laughs) 